0: This is the new year. Uh, Naomi and I are back at Creekside since we were out last week. This is our new year at Creekside. And I was thinking again about New Year's resolutions. I know that you've heard this, but I'm going to say it again. Um, Everybody, well, many people, many, many people this time of year make New Year's resolutions. And 50% of people, one out of every two people, will make a New Year's resolution to exercise more. I have already failed. My Apple Watch is telling me I've already failed, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna start tomorrow. I'm gonna quit procrastinating tomorrow, and that's gonna be my, uh, my New Year's resolution. But anyway, exercise more. 50% of people, 49% of people said that they want to save more money in the new year. 43% said they want to eat more healthy in the new year. 37% said they want to lose weight. 34% said they want to reduce stress. And um, I'm going to guess that probably about one in three people want to do all of these. I don't actually have that statistic, but as I read through this list, I'm like, this is a good list. I want to I go for that. Um, 77% are very confident or somewhat confident that they're going to stick with their plan. How many actually succeed? Seven percent. By by the time February rolls around, by the time the second week of February rolls around, eighty percent of the people have have dropped out of the race. Why do a hundred percent of those New Year's resolutions fail? It's generally because people do not have a plan or the resolve to succeed. If, if you're you're parents probably told you this growing up. My, my dad told me, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Exactly. You plan to fail. Um, <sighs> January 19th is known as Quitter's Day. You can mark that down in your calendar. January 19th <laughs> is Quitter's Day. On average, this is what most people have given up on their resolutions. So I'm going to remind us today of three New Year's resolutions that can be applicable to everybody in this room and I'm going I'm to help you with a plan to succeed. I want you to succeed in your New Year's resolution. Um, the New Year's resolutions that I'm going to share are not about eating healthy or exercising more or saving money, although those are good things. The New Year's resolutions I'm going to focus on are summed up in Mark chapter 12. Jesus was having this dialogue with some Jewish religious leaders And it was kind of hostile, you know, they were asking him, so, so, what's the most important commandment? What commandment is the greatest of all? And Jesus answered and said to them, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment that's greater than these. So love the Lord with everything you got and love others. So I'm going to take this in three pieces. So the first piece is love Jesus, love the Lord. And you, if you were here a few years ago, you may remember, well, I think the Astros won this year too, didn't they? But there was a previous time that the Astros won the World Series, and it was, um, it was a celebratory time. And there was a young man that had said he wanted to be like his baseball hero, Jose Altuve. Second base, Astros. He wanted to be able to hit like Altuve. He wanted to be able to steal bases like Altuve. And he wanted to be able to turn amazing double plays like Jose Altuve. So he went to every game he could. And those he couldn't, he watched on TV. He went and he bought the same type of glove that Altuve used. He bought the same bat. He bought the same shoes, although they were a little big. When he got up to the plate, he tried to imitate Jose Altuve's batting stance. Um, when he was in the field, he tried to position himself on the field, right? Like, like Jose Altuve. Try as he might, he was not able to be like Jose Altuve. What was the difference The difference was he was trying to mimic Jose Altuve's performance on the playing field. But Altuve's success wasn't mostly about what he did on the playing field. It was was about what he did off the field. It was an overall life of preparation of mind and body that enabled him to respond with strength, and with muscle memory during the game. When that ball was hit, Jose Altuve was already going toward it. He knew what he was going to do because he prepared the the little leaguer that wanted to be like his hero. He knew about Jose Altuve. He even tried to emulate him to the best of his ability, but what was missing was he didn't know Jose Altuve. Imagine, imagine if he had the opportunity to actually be taught by Jose Altuve. Imagine he could follow him around, see what he ate for breakfast, and work out with him in the weight room and take batting practice with him and practice turning double plays with him. Do you think at that point it wouldn't be knowing about Jose l It would be about knowing him. There's a vast difference for us in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. The church, and especially Bible churches, sometimes get this a little a little wrong. We think knowing about Jesus is the goal and it's not. It's not. I think about Amazon and Google. Unfortunately, they know more about me than I would like. <laughs> but they know what I read, they know what I watch, they know what I buy, they probably even know what time I go to bed. I don't actually say goodnight Siri or or good night goodnight Alexa, but you know they, they, they probably know all that. But this one person in the room here, Naomi, knows me. She knows when I'm having a bad day. She can sense my frustration. She can sense delight in, in my expression and my tone of voice. Some of, some of you all know me well enough to do that as well. I don't hide that very well. <laughs> but, but she knows my hopes and my dreams and my fears. And, and the reason she knows that is because she spent over 30 years walking with me and learning Learning me. <laughs> so what is our ultimate goal as a Christian? Our ultimate goal of, in being a Christ follower is not just to get saved. Most of us in this room are like, been there, done that, had the, the dunking. But our goal is to live a transformed life. It's to, it's to live a life with Jesus 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. And in Romans 8, uh, Paul writes, For those God foreknew, he also predestined, he planned in advance, for you to be conformed into the image of his Son, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. he's our our big brother in a sense but we are to to be conformed to his life what does that look like and and how do you do that now here's the the notes that you could take if you want to take notes The, the first step is get real with Jesus he doesn't want you to bring your perfection to him he wants you to bring your brokenness to him so that he can make you whole so get rid of the mask, stop avoiding him, stop pretending, get real with him. And, and one of the questions that you can ask yourself, and, and every person in here is going to have a different answer to this, but what is the one thing in your life, the one thing in your life that is most getting in the way of your spiritual growth? Maybe it's a critical spirit. Maybe it's addiction to something, pornography, social media. Maybe it's worldliness. Maybe maybe most of your week is lived in a a place where it's it's not conducive for you to focus on God, to, to be with God. What changes can you make to put yourself in a better place to have that relationship with God? I think the best thing to do is probably to take that question to God and let him help you answer it. Help Have him change you from the inside out. Ask him to transform you. So get real with him. The second is make it your ambition this year to learn everything you possibly can about Jesus. Now I said knowing about Jesus is not the same as knowing Jesus, but But it's that first step. It gets you on the way. You study Jesus. You walk with Jesus. You pray with Jesus. And so the question here is, is there one thing that you can do, one thing you can commit to do that will help you achieve this goal? And uh, a, a suggestion, one suggestion might be to read through the Bible in a year. So yeah, if you look at the back of your your physical print Bible or you do a search for Bible in a year, you'll find great reading plans. Some of them are chronological. Some of them, you know, take New Testament, Old Testament, kind of weave them together. Any of them are good. Any of them are better than nothing. So I'd encourage you to do that. Naomi, what's your Duolingo streak out right now? Okay, I'm not, I'm not asking her, so you go, ooh, ah, wow, she's got like several years of Duolingo. But what I'm, what I'm pointing out is that you have technology available to you today that will help keep you on track. And, you know, I, I absolutely am convinced that each of us can have a better streak with God than Naomi has with Duolingo at the moment. So, um, is there a Bible study you should be attending? Um, you know, there, there are great online Bible studies. There's great in-person Bible studies. Um, if you're looking for a study, I would say talk to some of the, um, I, I don't say elders, talk to, talk to some of the people that have been there before you. <laughs> you know, if, if, you've got, if you've got people in the church that, that you trust, that you'd like to, um, you know, get, get some help from them, get some understanding of, of what you might be able to do Come talk to any of us. Um, the, the elders are available. Some of the older folks in the church that have been on, on a walk with God for scores and scores of years can, can help. So be, um, be thinking about how you can engage with Jesus through the scripture, through prayer, through daily life. And, and that takes us to point three, which is worship him with all of your life. So many people think, well, I'm going to church on Sunday morning to worship God. Yes, we do that, and we should be worshiping God the rest of our life, too. So I I think about this, you know, when when you're not here, you know, do do we do everything that we do for the glory of God? If you're baking a cake, do you bake that cake to the glory of God? If you're updating your personal finances, Are you doing that, recognizing that you are a steward of what God has given you? And so you're doing that for the glory of God. Are you attending a meeting at work? You're there as his representative on earth to the people that he's placed you around. So worship him in every circumstance. And one of the things that that can help with this is, is when you're when you're wherever you are. Think if this were Jesus here, standing here instead of me, what would he be doing? And then do that. (laughs) Because that's that's the way that we worship him is, is with our whole life. So some other thoughts that I'll I'll just share here. You might start with a spiritual journal. If if you already journal, that's great. If you've tried it and you're not a journaling person, that's okay too. But one of the things that's been helpful for many people in their, in their spiritual development is to have a spiritual journal. Write down your thoughts and your observations that God has revealed to you, the challenges that you face. Write a prayer, write a scripture in that journal. And you may also want to start your day reading the Bible. Start your day in prayer. Listen for God. Set your alarm 15 minutes early and start with God. I'm not a morning person. I'm typically an evening person. For the longest time it's like I want to do my daily devotion in the evening. But by the time I've slept for 7 or 8 hours I've lost all of that. And I've, I've come to the realization that when it comes to God we should all be morning people we need to start our, start our days, start our lives with God. And, you know, ideally that would be in a quiet place that, that you've set aside, but I mean, it could be in the car on your commute. But just, just take some time to be with him. Say, God, here I am, another day that you've given me. Thank you, hallelujah. What do you have in store for me today? Because if, if, if I don't do that, what I find is it's the guy that's got the tennis balls flying at him so fast he can't keep up and, and you know, they're, they're all flying past him. Um, if, if I don't start with God, the, the things of the day catch me unaware and I'm always just too late for this or just too late for that or, gosh, I should have said that when I was talking with this person. Just, just a, something to think about. Um, Starting your day with God is good. And then, secondly, love one another. Loving your brothers and sisters in Christ can be hard. <laughs> I'm sure that you all have heard the, the saying, I love Jesus, but I can't stand Christians. Have you ever heard that? Somebody, somebody said that? Um, that? That actually is incorrect. In, in the UK, they would say that's rubbish. Um look at the person sitting next to you or sitting on the other side of the church from you. That is your brother or your sister in Christ. These are the people, these are the people that you will be spending eternity with. Love them now. Get get practice. Do you do you know people? Do you know do you know people? on a superficial level or do you know them on a deep level do you know their name <laughs> some of us have even problems with that but what we should be looking for is what makes this person tick what are th- where are they on their on their wo- their spiritual walk where are they in their relationship with Jesus what are their hopes what are their fears what are their dreams we all are part of the same body and and Paul says for For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one with another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise those gifts accordingly. So look for how you can serve. Look for how you can serve because serving others is loving others. So what are practical ways that we can do this? one that we've already experienced this morning is we can pray for each other that's that's vitally important praying for one another getting to know one another so maybe there's someone that you're thinking of right now maybe there's maybe there's somebody that's on your heart right now can you meet them for lunch or meet them for coffee or invite them over for a movie night or a a sporting event. All of these things can be holy things if you let God be part of that. And he will build us together. And one of the questions that I was asking myself as I was thinking about this is, what role do some of us that that have a little bit of gray hair have in mentoring others? Is Is there someone that God has put on your heart to encourage, to strengthen, to mentor. So that might be something as we come into this new year that you want to to take to God as well. God, how do you want me to work in the life of this person or that person? The second thing that we can do to love our brothers and sisters in Christ is to get involved in the church. Get involved in his body and we often hear time, talent, treasure, you know, he's he's given us so much time. He's given you things that you can do really well and other people may struggle with. And he's he's entrusted you with financial resources for you and for the for the use of his kingdom for for use in his kingdom. So, what are some of the ministries that, that you could be doing to support the local church. There's, there's a church my girls dance at, and as, as they leave the parking lot, there's a sign right there, you know, blocking the, the view as you look right to see if, if it's clear. There's a sign that says, you are entering the mission field. And every person in Jesus' body, every person in this room, every person online watching this is a minister not not just the elders that, that come up here, not just the people that lead worship. Every person in here, you are a minister. God has given you something to use for the good of his people and for the good of those people that he wants to reach, that He he loves. So... This is a great way to do it. Think about how you can be more intentional and more involved about being a minister. And then thirdly, we, we pray about this every week. We pray about missions. And I would say that you know, God's heart is for reaching people, reaching widows, reaching orphans, reaching men and women with the gospel of Christ. The good news that God loves them and he's not leaving them in the lurch. He's, he's provided a way of rescue, and we have the privilege of being able to share that with others that God loves. So we, we, we prayed for Creekside Hilltop, we prayed for PACN, we pray for Sherry, we pray for um, Savior Bible Church in Tbilisi. Um, many of us uh, sponsor Compassion Children, so Compassion International is a great organization. Um, you know, pray, financially support. That's a way that you can do that. And then lastly, loving the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This is not this is not a little country club that, you know, membership has its privileges, sort of a thing, for those of you that remember American Express. We have a responsibility to reach out to a world that God sent his son to save. So I I wanna caution us though, there's a a marked difference between coming alongside of someone and helping them out of the ditch and jumping in the ditch and wallowing in the mud. So we're not called to jump in the ditch and wallow in the mud. We are called though to help others that are struggling, to help others that, that may not even know that they're struggling. But make it your ambition this year to get to know people that you otherwise wouldn't hang out with. Get to know them. Find out who they are, what they're going through, and how God can touch their lives like he's touched ours. And the caution here is don't preach at them. I I heard it said once, you know, preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words but let them see it in your life. And then I, I will harp on social media again. Be very careful. Be wise as you use social media. Some of you don't use social media, and so you, you can switch off at this point. But, but for the rest of us that do, if you use Facebook, if you use Twitter or whatever, whatever social media is out there, be careful. Search scripture for wisdom regarding how you should interact online and then put that into practice. And and again, this is another good spot to think when you're sitting in front of that keyboard. If this were Jesus sitting here and not me, what would he type? <laughs> Go and do likewise. So we've we've talked about what what this is all looks like in the context of the new year and the new beginning and, and New Year's resolutions. How can we get started in 2023 and make 2023 the year that we walked with the Lord? Maybe I should say that different. The year that we started walking with the Lord more closely because it's not a one and done thing. This is, this is all about making progress toward the goal, which is Christ Jesus. So why New Year's resolutions? We, we, we don't hear about St. Patrick's Day resolutions or birthday resolutions or August the 17th resolutions, but the new year, the, the change of the year is a great time for us to be thinking about this. We've, we've got the shortest day of the year behind us. So if you've noticed, the days are getting slightly longer every day. Christmas and New Year celebrations are just in the rearview mirror. Some of us have put away some of our Christmas decorations, but we've, that might be a resolution to take as well. Um, but the year is full of hope and full of potential and a clean calendar. Well, some of us have mostly clean calendars ahead of us. My hope and prayer for every one of us is that we will make 2023 a year of resolution, resolving to love Jesus resolving to be active in his church, resolving to reach out to those who don't know him. And unlike New Year's resolutions, which fully depend on human effort, these resolutions that we are making are resolutions that you, I guarantee it, you will be able to keep these resolutions because you have a secret power. God's Holy Spirit lives in you. The God of the universe that we started the service off looking at, you know, from eternity to eternity, he is the sovereign God. He is in you and he will work to accomplish it. When he does, don't get in his way. (laughs) Work with him, not against him and give him the praise. Let's pray. Lord, this is, a, uh, this is an encouragement and a challenge, I hope, for each of us. I pray for your people, Lord, that, uh, that we would be working to be more transparent, that we would be working to be more authentic, that we would, um, we would aim, Lord, for a Holy Spirit-empowered walk with you, as we enter this new year, Lord, I pray that we would be vulnerable to one another and that we would earnestly seek to encourage and build up one another daily, hourly, even minute by minute as we walk with you, Lord. May your people called by your name and called to be conformed into your image find ways that we can put what we have heard into practice. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.